0: Go? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle Canaan, and you're listening to the Radically Selfish podcast. Radically Selfish is a movement. It's a personal revolution. And so I'm talking to women that have personally revolutionized their own lives and taken back the definition for what it means to be happy, healthy, and to do things their own way. Fuck what society tells you to do. You get to live the life that you want. In this episode, I'm talking to the multi-talented Erin Telford, a breathwork teacher, facilitator and guide, acupuncturist, Reiki master, and writer. I caught up with Erin just after she left her busy and successful life in New York City to take it to the open road, driving along the West Coast to follow a new adventure for herself. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Radically Selfish podcast. I'm really excited to have Erin Telford here with me, virtually at least today, since we're across the country from each other. Uh, Erin is an amazing breathwork teacher and guide. Uh, she is a Reiki master, a writer, and an acupuncturist, and I must be missing something because you 're so, we got it I got yeah. it all yeah <laughs> so she 's a woman of many gifts. Um, I learned about her, I knew about her actually uh, for a little while, but I never had the pleasure of um, really sitting down with her face to face when she was in New York. but I was really inspired uh, when I heard about this incredible journey that she Took uh, or that she started about, you said 30 days ago, Erin?
1: Yes, I left New York October 1st.
0: Amazing. Um, And she's such an example from the little that I know of her that I'm excited to know more of what it means to take the life of your dreams into your own hands and to do the damn thing and to follow (laughs) your desire. And so I wanted to invite her here today to share about her journey, about where she's been and where she's going, and to really have a intentional conversation about what it means to be radically selfish even though I know that word is a little triggering
1: <laughs> and um, and to talk about her, her path. So welcome. I'm so happy to be here. So <laughs> happy to be here. Yeah it's I just love that you caught me like a month in so I've got some some insights and <laughs> some stuff about being on the road. So tell me where have you been? What's been going on? Well I mean I uh, I kind of want to reference back to just what you said about living the life of your dreams uh-huh. because it made me think of um you know uh, doing something that is different than what other people is doing are are doing is can be very confrontive for people, and so I was just remembering as I was preparing to leave um, the kind of the the projections and opinions that were um offered to me about what I was doing. And the, the living the life of your dreams thing, is interesting because, um, I, I heard a lot of like, um, Oh, this must be the real thing. You know, like this big thing must be like the real thing, the real dream. And I, I thought that was a really interesting, uh, kind of opinion or, or projection because, like all of my life is the real thing and and I had another dream and this is the newest dream you know and there's going to be another dream that looks different than this Um, but yeah I think that I think sometimes people think that um, we we think in these like we're a culture that's super trained for like breakthrough moments and like ah ahas and and I think that implies sometimes that like everything that came before was not the truth. And like the current wham, bam, major thing is like the real thing that you're meant to do. Um, the real purpose. And I I just, I think it's important to say that it's possible to live a life with 20 different dreams and 20 different purposes and just allow yourself to evolve. And the, the cultural conditioning, you know, even You know, I, I'm, I'm in my forties, you know, probably most of your listeners are going to be, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, maybe fifties, maybe beyond, but we have a cultural conditioning because most of our parents, parents were growing up in the great depression. And like the idea of like, you have one job, you work there for your entire life, you get a pension, you get social security one and none. That's still kind of like a little bit of a cellular inclusion into how we think about life. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just like the idea of totally exploding that myth. So
0: amen, I love it. Well, it takes a lot of, a lot of work. Um, work is a funny word, right? It makes me like struggle, (laughs) but it takes intention. Let's just say like that to make that kind of decision or to live a life that's aligned with your desire. So when I say Mm -hmm. living the life of your dreams, I relate to it in a way of like, well, what is it that you really want? And let's go about getting there, right? Like how do we actualize yeah. what we are dreaming of for ourselves? Yeah.
1: And then also recognizing that we're in a state of constant evolution. So what you really, really, really want the very most can change. Right. And then you can do something else, you know, cause I really, 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 really wanted to live in New York and I really, really, really wanted to have a successful healing practice and I really wanted to be an acupuncturist and then, you know, taking everything that you've created and then just going, oh, but I don't want that anymore. That's mm. not now. That's not what I need for my own personal evolution. Now I need something else. And like, it's okay for me to want something different, something more has nothing to do with failure or success. It's just, oh, I'm different now. So I have different needs.
0: Yeah. I, my, my mind is going in two directions with what you're mm-hmm. talking about, because on the one, it's like, you know, I'm sure a lot of other people have that experience too, of when you like achieve your goal or achieve your yeah. dream. Well a you go through so much in that process of getting there that you become a different person, so then there's suddenly all these other things that you want, right, so like remembering that yeah. it's a process, and oh I just lost my train of thought about the other the mm-hmm. other bit, but it's also just about allowing yourself to to like have the your desires too and to be yeah. like honest about that and to you know, this is why I love to use the word selfish, but I always say radically selfish, you know, but to really let yourself want something and to pay yeah. attention to what it is that you want, even if it's radically different than what you wanted before or what other people want for you, or what other people understand as well.
1: Yeah, being allowed to want and like giving yourself permission to want something. I've that's something I came across a little bit last week, just in a in a romantic capacity, mm-hmm. but um so let's see, back to, I guess, back to where I've been. Um, I haven't been too many places. I've only been two places so far, but I had a very, uh, I went to go spend some time and, um, live with a dear friend of mine, um, in Texas, mm-hmm. in a very tiny town called Wimberley. And I believe that, uh, Wimberley is the, um, for anyone who's familiar with like the chakras of the world, like sacred <laughs> sites. I think it's the earth star chakra of the world, which is the one that's below the root chakra. It is, um, I'm a country girl now. I'll just say that, you know, (laughs) leaving New York and going to this teeny tiny beautiful town where I saw like 40 hawks every day and deer every day, dragonflies, butterflies. There was so much um, animal spirit medicine that was present on a daily basis there. It was the perfect landing place. It was healing on multiple different levels. Um, it really, you know, I'm kind of like, I've been thinking about today about like, okay, 30 days in, like what have I learned in the first month? Um, and I, I lived alone in New York and I kind of, I had considered my um, fancy apartment and my sacred sanctuary that I had created for myself as a marker of my success and not really necessarily realizing, um, how isolating that was for me and how even over time, as I've, as I've healed, um, certain things in myself, um, healed my ability to like take up space and be seen and be a teacher and be, um, be someone that's a little bit more in the public sphere. I used to consider myself, or I I used to be at one point in time, shy and very introverted and through, um, through working with the breath and through the past three years, all of the sort of confronting I've done with myself, I'm an extrovert now. (laughs) I love being around people. It's really healing for me. I love, I love teaching to large groups. I love, I love talking to people and I was still kind of like operating in that old paradigm of like, Oh, I need my sacred quiet, you know, alone time to like decompress and like stepping into this, family vibe of my friend and her 11 year old daughter, I was like, this is healing. Hmm. Having someone to witness all of the moments of like, despair, anxiety, joy, revelation. um, It was just on a very micro like fine tuning level. So loving for me to have someone there for all of my life, as I kind of transitioned from this urban space and this part of this like old part of my identity into this new space. Hmm. So the land was very supportive. The company was very supportive. The family vibe was very supportive. And I really, um, I, I started to soften. I started to really understand, you know, what it feels like to let go of the hustle and to let go of the sharp edges and what it feels like to be, in a place where there's no concrete covering the ground, you know, where you can lay on the dirt. I got to lay on the dirt every day and go to swimming holes. And
0: I'm just laughing because from a New York or like a big city perspective, <laughs> that that's like a, a brag you're doing right now. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a total brag. It's hilarious, but it was what I needed. And it was what that was part of my intention with this journey is, um, you know, the two biggest intentions were, um, a sacred love, connecting to sacred love in all of its forms, and connecting to the earth. And so I'm, I'm, you know, there's a moment where I'm like, oh my god, I'm losing my New York edge, like what's gonna happen? I'm, I'm so mellow now, you know, <laughs> how's that gonna work for people? Um, but the, the softening, I think, is really, um, it's palpable, and it's it's appreciated, and it feels nice.
0: Something that I'm hearing in, in what you're speaking is the intention that's behind what you're doing. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, and I know for myself, for most of my life, I lived without intention. Mm. So it was just like constantly dealing with whatever came up, you know, or yeah. the things that just came my way instead of creating the environments or the situations or the relationships that were in line with how I wanted to live or what I wanted to experience. So even what you say about spending time with your friend and her Daughter and allowing them to witness what you were going through. Like a lot of people, A, don't even think that they have the space or the right or that people want to witness that part of them, or they're not in situations or relationships with people where they have that freedom or they haven't demanded that kind of freedom for themselves. So, I was I was hearing you talk about that and then how you bring it back to well how you want to live your life and what you want to experience. Of course you're on this journey. Of course you're with these people. Of course you're with nature because you're asking for what you want whether it's inside or to the to the world and that's what you're bringing in for yourself.
1: Yeah. I was thinking a lot this morning cuz I had um I mean I had this just like so three weeks in Texas, and then I arrived in L.A. last uh, last Saturday, so just a little bit over a week ago. And I, I had this, um, like, a, a brief romantic entanglement that was like a pickup from the summertime. Um, a total soul friend, a total just completely um, amazing, bizarre connection that needed to be, um, that we needed to, like, reinvestigate. And... <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of got, I got my like, you know, how they say you get your ass handed to you. I kind of got my like my heart handed to me over the last week. And it it really made me think about desires, wanting intention and expectations. And because I'm coming to this going, this is a sacred love journey in all of its forms. And you know, I experienced that with my friend and her daughter, that was sacred love, the idea of this is like, special, intentional, important, um, deserving of, of, uh, (sighs) deserving of, of attention, you know, reverence, reverence, like recognition that it's a special thing. And so with this person, I had to kind of um, recommit to myself and like allow myself to remember, oh, this is a sacred love journey. This isn't just a Cool, chill. Let's see how it goes, Journey. You know, in in some way it is, and in some ways it's not. Um, it is that in in the way that I'm connecting to my intuition and to my intentions. Um, but I, I think expectations and creating a sacred container for your life is something that. We're, yeah, we're not trained to do that. We're not trained to like want what we want. We're not trained to get clear on our desires, and we're and we're. You know, you have to even have a certain level of, like, self-love and self-acceptance to even think that you're allowed to ask, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that, like, you get to have a say in something because, you know, another great triggering word along with selfish that kind of, like, goes hand in hand is needy Hmm. because nobody wants to be that person. (laughs) God forbid. You know? (laughs) And even like in conversations and I know I'm kind of doing a little bit of a jog to the left as far as romance, but I mean, whether it's your parents, your children, your friendships, your coworkers, um, you know, I have expectations. Absolutely. Like I hear women and they're like no expectations. And I'm like, Oh, no expectations to me kind of means no standards, you know, Mm. because you have to have um, you know, my expectation is that, my spirit, heart, and body will be respected and honored.
0: Wow, that is awesome. I'm I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes. No <laughs> expectations mean no standards. I mean, that is a really powerful reminder. Yeah, in a lot of like new age kind of circles, people like to talk about no expectations and like, let it be free and let it be easy. But that's in a way really denying what you know that you want or like trying yeah. to cut off your inner voice that is so clear about what's working for you or what's not working for you. You're just like trying to shut down that, that power inside of yourself.
1: Yeah. And it shuts off your humanity too. Cause we want stuff, you know, we do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I I think it's, you know, whether it's a, uh, I think no expectations sets you up for an emotional free for all. Mm. And, and most people or, or some people would like to think that they're equipped for that. And they're usually not, you know.
0: Well, I wonder if the reason why they would like to think that. I mean, I remember when I was dating, that was a practice that I thought I or I, I needed to try to not have expectations because I felt like the more I wanted something like the the less I, I got it or that like all the guys out there that I was trying to date, like they didn't want anything serious. And so they didn't want me to have expectations because they didn't want to disappoint me. And it became this like really vicious cycle of me just like lowering my standards and lowering my yeah. standards and just like letting people walk all over me. Mm-hmm. And I just you know in our our culture it's so interesting like I think with a lot of women, we try to put a cap on our desires and on what we want because we don't want to be disappointed like we want to be cool and like protect ourselves and so let's not want too much and like let's not ask for the money that we really want and let's not visualize that dream guy because what if he never comes or what if my standards are too high so i yeah. cut I cut off the the just okay on paper guy and it's this mm. it's this um yeah, it's this trap that we, we need to learn. It's like a paradigm, like you were talking about, of how do we break out of that? How do we really get clear and allow the channel of what we want for ourselves because it will take us there? Mm-hmm.
1: There's this um, spiritual teacher that I like. Her name's Jennifer Hoffman, and her, she has a mantra that's um, the, the price of entry into my life is that you love, honor, and respect me. And to me, that seems like a real fair minimum.
0: I agree. And you know, yeah. while, we're, while we're talking, <laughs> you know, what keeps coming up to me is that on some level, I mean, all of this is very selfish stuff. And I, and we did email a little bit beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to get into this with you because I know a lot of people are triggered by mm-hmm. the word selfish. I myself was called selfish a lot when I was growing up. Oh, wow. Up. And so for me, it's really a reclamation Right. Mm -hmm. Like taking back the word bitch or, you know, how Mm -hmm. people have vilified the word feminist and us taking it back now. Mm -hmm. It's like all selfishness is. I say it all the time because then I had this realization my head kind of exploded. All selfishness is, is me doing the thing I want to do and not the thing that you want to do
1: okay yeah and, and I, yeah i mean i looked up I looked at the um the definition of it last night just because I was curious, and uh-huh. the, I think the Webster's dictionary said something like um uh yeah, putting yourself first, but the but with lack of consideration to other people mm-hmm. and um I'm kind of big on like textbook definitions, but um <laughs> You know, the thing about the expectation, so if I'm going to ask for that from somebody, I'm also going to give that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say, you, you know, you treat me like this and I'm going to do whatever with you. Clear. It's going to be an exchange of love, value, and respect. And that doesn't mean, you know, the kind of expectation that we don't, that nobody wants to get into is like for forever. You know, it's like that can be in a, for one day, one week, three months, 20 years. But it creates a container where there's safety and trust to like expand and open. So, um, but you were, what were you saying? You're talking about the idea of I'm going to do what I want rather than what you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you... If you, I guess, I'm not big on textbook definitions because I'm actually writing my own definition first, and and that's that. why that's why it's the whole radically selfish thing, and not just mm. like be selfish, right? Where how yeah. can we rethink that? Like, and, and just like what you're saying, like, you know, there's so many givers in this world and, and especially mm-hmm. the way women are raised and what's expected of us are just naturally, it's just like part mm-hmm. of our nature to nurture for a lot of us is that we're born to give, like whether it's yeah. to give birth or to give care or to, you know, to hold space, like that's just, that's just what we do. And a lot mm-hmm. of us in healing professions or in coaching professions that's the work that we're doing to remember the importance of filling our own container, to remember, to follow our desire, to remember to have standards or expectations as a baseline for yourself, even not so that you can snatch something from somebody else, but to create that, that space of self care for ourselves. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like whatever, um, Yeah, I think the word the word selfish for me, like when I hear it, um I just like taking care of yourself feels like it benefits everybody so much that the idea of it being like something that's self-serving, um, I know when I take care of myself, everybody wins. True. If I'm not taking care of myself, I am grumpy. I am easily activated. I'm irritable. I am short. I don't have a lot to offer. You Sounds know, like I'm resentful. Like you know <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if I don't do what I need to do to take care of myself, you're going to get the short end of the stick with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to show up for my clients. I'm not going to show up for my groups. I'm not going to show up for my friends. I'm If I'm operating at a def- at a deficit, everybody loses. So, so- I'm... Go ahead.
0: I'm just wondering then from that perspective, your decision, like what brought you to leave New York to, to leave like that structure that you built for yourself and like the practice that you started, like, how did you decide to say like, no, I'm doing me now that this is what I need to do and, and to go on your journey.
1: So I mean, it was kind of a trip because I started to realize it was like two years ago, you know, you get those like on this day, Facebook notifications I saw, um, because my anniversary, uh, I moved to New York 13 years ago, yesterday. Wow. And um, I like, uh, there was some little thing I wrote about how much I, I loved it in New York, but how a new kind of home or way of living was calling that I saw on Facebook yesterday. And I just started to get the feeling um, because as I, as I've done more work on myself, my, um, my energetic sensitivity has increased my ability to like feel energy, read energy, um, be assaulted by energy, being you know, pushed by energy has gotten bigger. And I started to feel like what I really needed for the next step of my evolution, like in my work and in my practice. And then for myself personally was to connect to the earth and mm. to get out of the cities. Um, to get out on the outskirts, to be able to be, have my feet on the dirt, have my feet on the ground every single day. And so, yeah, primarily it was a, it's a journey for me, but I also know that through me honoring this intention and this desire, what's going to come through this? Like I could already feel as I was a couple weeks in, I'm like, ooh, this is bigger than me. Like I'm, I'm being guided to do this. Um, I didn't have a real big understanding of what it was about or what it was for, but I can feel, I can just start to get some little teeny inklings of like what this is about that's bigger than myself and what it's going to, what it's going to call forth within me that I can share with other people. Mm. So, um, you know, in a week I'm going to head to Joshua tree, um, I'm going to just hermit for a month, and um, and I'm gonna get, begin to write my book, which started to come through in the spring a little bit, and I knew that I couldn't write it in New York, and then I needed to be somewhere that was a little bit more, um, you know, where I could walk outside and see bunny rabbits running around and see birds and, and drink my coffee, um, you know, and watch the sunset, look at the mountains.
0: So what I I hear in you saying, and I I know from living in New York and living in a, in a big city is, um, aside from the assault of energy that's around you all the time, Mm -hmm. also the lack of space, but in an an interesting way, because you were of course talking about your apartment as a sanctuary, finding it isolating at the same time. So I'm not only talking about like having a hole where you can hide in that kind of space, but even like energetic space. And mm. and what it makes me think about is the feedback that you were getting from people when you were telling them about your trip. Like, wow, you're doing like the real dream, like you're doing mm. the thing. So I, I just wonder about this desire that so many of us have, or the desires that and like how they resonate and how they get brought up to the surface when someone like you does the thing that you really want to do and how it has like a ripple effect on others, like that they can look at you as an example and it like activates their desire too.
1: Yeah. I think that that's, I'm seeing that that's a really um, kind of special byproduct of, of this right now, because even as I'm um, you know, I, I went to a, a breathwork class at a studio in Echo Park last night that a friend of mine was teaching. And you know, I'm, I'm at the front desk with a woman and she's like, oh, are you visiting? I'm like, yeah. Are you here for work? Kind of. I'm working while I'm here. Where are you from? New York. Oh, that's so great. When are you, you know, but even, even the, the conversations around, um, where do you live? Where are you from? What are you doing? When I, when I tell somebody that I'm, that I'm traveling and what I'm doing it for and why I'm doing it, it is a very, you can just see the kind of activation or the the curiosity or the kind of the wheels turning, um, behind the eyes. And I I was told before I left by an Akashic record intuitive woman that I work with that um, part of me doing something that is, you know, radically different from the norm was going to be healing for other people. So the more that I I share, and I've always been really excited about that, because I truly believe in making up your own rules. And I truly believe in like smashing dominant paradigms. And um that yeah, that we're allowed to. (laughs) And that you you know, at a certain point in your life you need to decide whose values you're living by and like whose 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 life you're living, you know, and this is mine. And so I I get to do what I what feels good to me. And um even as I'm saying that I'm like I want to just like have an understanding of the of the of the privilege that that I'm afforded, that I actually get to say that, that I get to be just like freedom, whatever. I live my life.
0: But you know, it's, it's not whatever, because if we don't use that freedom, then we're just taking it for granted.
1: Yeah, true. Thank you. Yes. I I will say that. Yeah. And this, mm, I just, we're, we're allowed, we're, we're allowed. And I, I love to be I've always loved being able to present, you know, because we've all got a different lens. We're all coming from a different place. We all have a huge, huge history instead of circumstances that we have that we're working through or that we've overcome or that we've found grace through. And I feel sometimes that there's like a, a, a dominant mindset for the sort of like new age, now age community. And I, I like to, Be a little, you know, break a little bit from that and just continue to share my opinion and my worldview because I think it is a little bit different. It's not drastically different, but I like to be able to share and offer people a different way of doing things because I know that for me, when I see, you know, there was a couple people I started following on Instagram right before I was doing this because I was like, how do they do it? You know, (laughs) how do people do this? Um, and I, I knew I'd figure out my own way to do it, but it, it feels good to just. Anytime anyone shares anything, and you're like, "Oh, she did it, so I can do it." You know, whether it's like getting through something or creating something or, you know, beginning something. When you see somebody else who's doing it and doing it with like joy and success and messiness and all the all the things that come with doing something different than the norm, um, it's just so life giving and it's so inspiring and. So I love the idea of just like through the sheer force of the way that I'm living my life, someone else might feel inspired to create, do, shift, change, do something that they've always wanted to do too, or yeah. something they realize realized they wanted to do.
0: Yeah. This is exactly the crux of why I wanted to talk to you. And this is exactly what, like, you know, that you really did something for yourself. And even if yeah. you knew that, as a byproduct it is for other people because it would change your work and your output that there's so many other, ways that your action, because it has that powerful intention too, Mm. is affecting others in so many different ways from the conversations that you're having with new people to um, what you're sharing on Instagram about your journey, like that you're really living in your truth and living it as an example in just the same way that you referenced other people that did something before, you're trailblazing a path for other women or other people that want to come after you or that are learning from you which i mean it's it's so important <laughs> like it's like yeah. a life project really because when you're living your life with that kind of integrity and when you're creating your own rules that feed off of that integrity, you're creating so much possibility and inspiration for other people that might feel trapped or might not know what's possible, or they only see one dominant paradigm or like one way that things have to be, but you're refusing to do it that way. So like to live your life. (laughs) I mean, I I really, that's why I have these kinds of conversations. Like that's why Mm -hmm. I do my work. I'm just so inspired by that, that your life can be that example for others.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, and, and it can just really be anything and it can be reinvented at any moment in time. And, and uh, other than the saving up the money part and like having a skill that's translatable over a computer, you know, having work that I can do online. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to not give myself credit, but I also want to say in a way that like, I'm not special. Like there's, um, there's a certain amount of, um, you know people would say to me before i left as well like oh that's so brave you this is so courageous and i i i didn't want to be like an asshole but um <laughs> no it's not really requiring any bravery from me it's not really requiring requiring courage i'm just um it feels good it feels right you know like i'm um and and i also i i think it's the self trust is probably the the biggest piece but you know you can always leap without the net anytime too and just um you know I I don't think people give themselves enough credit um because we've all been through so much I didn't ask you if I if I could swear on this but oh so you can, can swear, swear. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I swear all the time but
0: like for people that are just listening I'm just emphatically nodding my head and like <laughs> what do you think, my hands to the roof when I'm listening to you talk yeah but
1: we've all been through so much shit yes like everybody, you know, and, and to varying degrees and to varying degrees of like abuse and trauma and, um, and diminishment and silencing, but we've all been through so much and we're still here, you know? And I, I say that all the time, like we're still standing, whatever you made it through makes you capable of doing whatever you need to do next. You know, you, you, if you're here, and you found some amount of grace and integration from whatever crappy things you've had to endure in your life you can do whatever whatever you need to do
0: and it just sets you up to have all the skills and the power and the know-how to do all the things yeah. that you want to do right the
1: grace and the resilience like yeah. it's i i like to think of it um i've called it like your your warrior resume like you can <laughs> go back through the timeline of your life and go okay, that was terrible. I made it through. That was also terrible. I made it through. And so it gives you, for me, that, that has given me the capacity to go, no matter what happens, I can figure it out. I'm, it's not going to crush me. I mean, I might be down on my knees at some point. I'm still feeling like there's a, a couple more weeks where I, I had, a, there was a mini meltdown last week. I feel like the bigger one is good. I'm like month and a half, two months in. The self confrontation is is awaiting me, um, but you know I can handle it because of all the other stuff that I've handled. So whether it's like being scrappy and cooking up more ways to make money, whether it's um, whatever it is, I, I think that we're we're all a lot more capable than we think we are. We all have a lot more, um, you know, the the whole fear of the unknown thing. It's like come on, we're you're fine. Hmm. <laughs> Well, you know, what? what's
0: coming up for me too, listening to you talk now is that um, you don't have it all figured out. No, <laughs> And a lot and of I people think that to. They have to though. A lot of people are like, oh, when yeah. that happens or when I'm in this mm-hmm. place or when I know, you know, some like unforeseeable future point, but you don't need any of that stuff.
1: No, you don't. And it's impossible. I mean, it's like thinking that you need to have it all figured out. First of all, is like, a joke, right? You can't, you, there's no way you could for, I mean, it's, it's such a grab for safety and control to like appease anxiety. There's no way that you can ever anticipate every single situation that you're going to get into solve the problem in advance so that you're allowed to go do the thing that you want to do. It's not possible. And how boring would that be too? You know, I, the, I was most excited about what was going to happen that I didn't plan. And being able, and that was part of the intuitive journey part of this is being able to, um, really, and, and I love planning too. I love planning. I love, I'm like, Ooh, I want to research, you know, where am I going to go? Um, you know, checking out Airbnbs and house sitting situations and like, where all the, how can I maximize my time and, you know, do all these special things. And then I just, and I had like a six month itinerary and I just had to just scrap it I, that's not what this is about. It's not about planning every moment. And I've almost like um, it's it's almost been a little bit tough for me to commit to things because I want to leave all this like freedom and like room for magic to happen. So even like booking, you know, renting a car for a month, I'm like, oh, but what if I need it for five weeks? What if I need to stay longer? What if I need to stay? Um, so even like I'm really resisting the structure and the parameters of what this looks like because. I want to see what happens. Like I've had my hands on the wheel for so long and I've created this structure to the point where my life was almost boring. It was Mm. too predictable and I was too in control and I knew what all the days were going to look like and what all the weeks were going to look like. And, and I wanted to just throw that in the trash and just be someone who was like an energetic conduit and, um, channel for, you know, spirit being my boss And
0: Could you talk a little bit about that? Like a lot of people, they don't, like they know that they're living in structures and they have Mm -hmm. no idea what it's like to let go of the wheel or to like feel magic or they might think like, what's that bullshit? You know, like what, what could you say about what happens when you create that space or when you decide with intention to allow that to be more in your life? Like what, what changes?
1: I think it brings in a lot more fun. And to me, I actually find it really relaxing um, because when I'm in control and I'm, and I'm creating all the structures of my life, um, it's, it, it, I I think you can kind of feel like you're alone in it, that it's just you driving the ship and, or the boat or the car or whatever. And I, you know, when I, when I, a couple months before I was going to leave, I had a, a disappointment. And it really reinvigorated my commitment to this journey. And I I walked over to my window and, you know, understanding that the, you know, the disappointment came and it was something I had no control over. It was, you know, shocking and sudden and I didn't like it. It wasn't how I wanted things to go. And I used it as a moment to like deepen my surrender to the not knowing into the process. And I just like held up my hands to the sky And I was like, I 100% surrender. Like, I use the word spirit source, great spirit, um, you know, mother earth. And I was just like, I, I give up, I give in, you're my boss, I will be led, I will follow, I will move with intention, and I will allow you to guide me through this. And to me, that sensation is one of relaxation because my, you know, it, you do have to begin somewhere with your, with your relationship to total faith and trust and also develop and um, nurture your relationship with your higher self and with a higher power. In at least I, I did, I needed to do that in order mm-hmm. to be able to feel that relief that comes from saying you take the wheel, I'll do whatever.
0: Wow. That's <laughs> amazing. I, I, you just really connected something for me about loneliness and being mm. in control that I never I never thought about before, and it resonates so strongly for me. Because um, it, it's amazing when you live in a city how you can be surrounded by so many people, and yet everybody has this feeling of loneliness or isolation or feeling like they they can't connect or that they don't want to because everything is so overwhelming and on top of that, what you're talking about is that when like shit goes wrong, you're the one that has to fix it. Or if something doesn't go according to plan, like what didn't you do to make it right? Or how didn't you like plan ahead for this? And it's just about you and you dealing with problem after problem versus, you know, a a phrase that I've started using lately, which is not new, but it's new for me is just let go and let God. Yeah. And it's such a strong desire for me in my life too, that I don't want to, feel responsible for the weight of the world on my shoulders, nor should I. And at the same time, I'm just not either. Like there is something greater that we're all part of. Like whether you believe there's a master plan or not, like there is energy, there is other things that are running the show. And for us to just be so fixated on like holding our shit together, like holding control of our wheel, you're right. Like we like I know when in my, in my feeling, uh, when I'm like the most anxious or the most stressed, I'm the most inside of myself and yeah. the most like isolated. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is a really interesting point that you brought up.
1: And the isolation and the loneliness. I mean, I, I think like we, yeah, the, I, I always think about, you know, when I was, um, I don't know if this make sense or where I'm going with this, but, um, the the times that you can't really let go if you don't feel supported. You have to feel held in order to be able to let go mm. of something. Mm. Um, I was just thinking of all the times where, um, you know, I, I didn't feel very seen or able to speak when I was growing up very much. I was kind of like silenced um, a lot of the times and I remember finding myself like going to the doctor's office and somebody just being really nice to me and giving me their full attention would make me cry because I was being seen and held in a safe space. And then so I could let go of some emotional buildup and the idea of, um, you know, spirit and source energy and the relationship with the higher power has gotten so, um, such a bummer reputation because organized religion that people, yeah. think of it is like God, um, you know, and, and a, a dogma and like a, a way of thinking or believing, but in the spirit of doing it your own way and making up your own rules, um, you know, for me having a relationship with spirit is like, that's that extra support and container that I can connect to and call on any time. So I don't have to feel lonely. I don't have to feel isolated. And when I do feel lonely and isolated and disconnected and like, it's all my hustle and that's all my blood, sweat and tears. If I ground and connect and remember that that's there, it's like, you know, the embrace of, of the, the mother you've always wanted or the family you've always wanted where you can just like, go like, ah, okay, yeah. everything's Okay. I'm, I'm taking inspired action. I'm meeting the universe halfway, but like there is a degree of magic and synchronicity that's available for me. If I stop like this single minded vision and this like overly effo- effortful way of, of being and behaving and just like lean back just a little bit, just like lean back and like trust that, that you will be met. It's not always going to be in the way that you want. It's not always going to look the way that you want, but you will be met by you will be met halfway.
0: I love that you used the phrase lean back because um, I've, been having such a fundamental issue with the lean in phrase <laughs> you know and lean in is all about well you can do it all you can have the yeah. full-time job and have all the kids and like the relationship and just work harder like just do it lean in and um, it, it totally like ignores all the support that you have around you whether it's like in Cheryl Sandberg's case like the nanny that she doesn't mention or what's going on in someone's oh. relationship or like how much money that they have you know to like Mm -hmm. bring in that support, you know, and lean back. I, God, I love that you said that so much. It's just (laughs) like, you know, it's not that you don't want to do. It's not that you don't want to achieve. It's just like, okay, but how can I like do it in a way that feels really good for me and that puts me in flow and that just... To, that reminds me that i have all this like space around me so instead of you know this kind of um from everything like from your head and from your eyes like if you think about the mm-hmm. posture of what well, we're on our cell phones Negromanic. or in front of the computer or something like that or even driving you know to yeah. like stretching out and like feeling behind you like feeling all the space around you like leaning back into something greater basically right yeah
1: I mean, Lean In, to me, feels like a patriarchy echo, yes. honestly. <laughs> yeah, what, it's like, what's it, What's the leaning in for? The, the leaning in is for you can... I, I mean, and I haven't read her book, and you know, my mom tried to make me listen to her one, one of her talks or something. And I mean, I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's great. It's like, yes, we should be able to achieve, do, have whatever we want. But the setup of that being the highest cal- caliber of wanting having it all as that being an upper echelon of success, mm-hmm. being able to work your ass off, make lots of money, have a family. Oh, whoops. My husband died. Um, you know, the, the whole, the, the micromanaging and the hands and everything and the, the, um, yeah, the working your ass off thing. Well, I just-
0: Yeah. It's just, it's just how do we, you know, all that is, and she did actually offer an apology and a retraction, you know, after her husband didn't pass away. Like she really came clean about a lot of stuff and things that were going on for her behind the scenes. But that is all exactly what you're saying. It's like, okay, how do we work harder to fit into this existing structure? Like, how do we do it the way that, corporations have set it up or like society has set it up. And so just to bring it back to like where you're at and where I'm at and why people are tuning in, it's like, no, we want to do it different.
1: Differently. Like
0: how do we make our own rules? Like how do we have success on our terms or what I call like a successful life? Like how do we make it feel good and not just look good in Instagram pictures?
1: Yeah. Cause it has, it's, you're not successful if it doesn't feel good. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I, I had, I, I left a bunch of money in New York. It didn't matter anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what was making me happy. And I, 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 I love money. I'm happy about <laughs> making money. I like, I like being able to um, have the freedom that money affords me, but it, it stopped being so important because my, my body experience and my experience of my environment got to be more important.
0: And I don't, yeah. and I'm looking at you and I'm like, I see a free lady right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so a couple of people said like freedom looks good on you. And I'm like, it feels, good too. It feels really good. Um, I wanted to say something about the, um, maybe we'll start the lean back movement. I love that.
0: Oh, I um, with pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: there's something about, um, you know, and I'm feeling it a little bit more again, like when I'm, when I'm thinking about this being bigger than me, um, I think a lot of, so much, so, so much of loneliness, isolation, depression, um, anxiety, hustle um, is I think that we're starting to have, we're, we're getting a little bit closer and connected to our cellular and like DNA level memory of tribe and what it used to feel like to have like to live amidst a village and an extended family and like 20, 40, 50 people that were, you know, if you're, I think about all my, all my mom friends that are going through postpartum stuff, you're supposed to have a whole bunch of people around you for that. You're supposed to have someone you just pass the baby to so you can pee or take a shower or like have a nap without being in like a hypervigilant state of mind you know, waiting and listening for the baby to wake up as like a single mom. And I think that we, we remember what that feels like and we don't have it and it's painful. Mm. I think it's really painful because the, the, even the experiencing that I had with the three weeks with my friend and her daughter, um, having someone there for all the moments um, softens the severity of how much in your head you can go because someone's watching you and someone's holding you, someone's hugging you, someone's just seeing you. They're just experiencing you having an experience and witnessing the being witnessed is so powerful and palpable for being able to move through something really easily rather than letting it be a major head trip and something that's painful and isolating. So, um, I, I feel like we're, um, we I don't know when or how, but I think with with everything's going on that everything that's all, all of the structures in our world are essentially disintegrating right now. It's like everything that hasn't been beneficial for all beings is is falling apart the seems like a highly rapid rate. and I know it's going to take some time before we get to the other side of that, but I think that part of that will be um, a more balanced feminine masculine energy and I'm not, you know, a, like a goddessy type, like whatsoever. Um, I have like a little bit of resistance to that because I'm, I'm, I have traditionally been more comfortable in my masculine energy, but, um, safety, support, love, attention, and witnessing in a group is one of the most healing things I've ever experienced. And I, am hoping praying and holding space for that container for all of us to come back so that we feel, even more, like we can do anything, and that our back is supported, that we are supported, that there is a container of wisdom and guidance, and and unseen beings that um, that shepherd us along the way.
0: Yeah, I really hope what listeners can take from what you're saying now is um, to to take the leap of faith. Really, that being seen isn't just about putting pictures on the internet when everything's mm. great. You know, it's really about giving a gift to someone else of, of that that you of, of being vulnerable, of being honest, of sharing your pain of asking someone to be there for you. Like, and that's how we come together. Like, that's how we help each other. That's how we hold space for each other. That's how we build deep relationships for each other. And that's how we stop the loneliness. And I know in my life, I, growing up was very afraid, or I learned not to share my painful feelings. And I think a lot of people now are really part of American culture too, you know, just to say, I'm fine, even when you're not. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, is going on with like mental health care in this country, or the absence of it really, is that we learn so much to hide or to bury the struggle. But I really hope that if there's one huge thing that people take away, it's to reach out, not even when it becomes so severe, but even if it's just, Oh, I'm sad or I need you yeah. or just that we all want to be there for each
1: other. And find those people that can hold that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, wow. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I just, I had the most beautiful experience last night because I was in a, I was in a friend's breathwork group and every time I do breathwork, I cry and I, I cry audibly And I'm really comfortable with crying audibly. I wasn't always, but I've gotten very comfortable with that. And so my tears are like free and easy and, and not being judged by myself. And I was laying next to a man. And when he heard me start to cry audibly, he got to cry. And he was, he was, Sobbing, he was sobbing, and I was listening to him, and I was like, "Oh, I'm, I almost have to like cry even more now because I'm supporting him, you know, like I'm, I'm giving him permission through my emotional expression," and um, and it was just, it was beautiful, and then I kind of like got out, you know, the sadness that I needed to get out, and um, and then I was just listening to him and his tears, and I was just in my mind, you know, I'm like, "Oh, honey, I got you, I got you, I love you," you know, like total stranger. And then after, um, after the the breath work was done, we both, you know, there's that little bit of like, you totally shared a majorly intimate moment, like two strangers sobbing next to each other. Um, And so there's a little bit of like, uh, eye contact avoidance, like for a second when we stood up after the group. But then as soon as we like put our blankets and mats away, we just walked over to to each other and just didn't even say a word, just like huge hug, huge, huge wordless hug, you know, just like yeah, we we just did that, you know, and it was, um, so bonding, and so powerful, and so tender, and so intimate, and it didn't need to exist beyond that moment, you know, we had a little bit of a conversation about it, um, because I was just letting them know how much that work had, had, uh, you know, over time, had really healed me, and helped me so much, but that, um, yeah, that, that, like, we all feel this stuff so let's stop faking it and right. let's admit that we all feel sad and we all feel angry and we all feel scared and just like make it not that big of a deal yeah. because we're all we all hold the same emotional palette and the same experiences to different degrees it's like
0: Well, I'm going to make it funny, but it's like my favorite book, uh, favorite children's book, which is called Everybody Poops. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But but just that, yeah, again, you know, you talk about uh, you as an example, like you giving yourself permission to live a life that you want and you give and, and how it affects other people. And then you giving yourself permission to express and emote and just have all your feelings and then, just also naturally giving that kind of space to other people. So yeah, yeah, the, the, the real power of like living true to ourselves, like really being who we are, even if it's what we don't, what other people might think is societally acceptable or normal or, or what our parents say that we should do. It's just really getting free from all of that. Yep. Wow. Yep. Well, I want to be, um, mindful of the time because it's I think we have 10 more minutes before you have to mosey um is there anything that you want to talk about I know you mentioned a book that you're writing right now um do you want to talk a little bit about that with our
1: listeners sure yeah um so um I am yeah I'm headed to Joshua Tree for the month of November and it will be the um the sort of the beginning stages of me beginning to write this book that's been kind of percolating in my system for a couple of years. It just, it wasn't ready to come out. And I started to see that it was ready to come very briefly. And it's essentially a book about, um, how to feel your feelings. Um, I don't believe in negative emotions. I just believe in, in messages and all of your we have all of our emotions for a reason. They all have different messages. They all have different ways of getting stuck in the body and they all have different ways of being, um, dispensed or discharged from the body so um essentially it'll it'll be a book about how to how to work with whatever whatever is going on um so and useful yeah and I you know it's there's a little bit of my Chinese medicine background that'll come into play there and just life experience so it's going to be you know touching on how to be able to hold yourself through all of your feelings, how to work with them and, and depression, anxiety, addiction, parent stuff, shame, sex, relationships, friendship. Um, life. Life. Yeah, <laughs> essentially life. Um, and then I don't, you know, I don't know what else will come. I'm thinking there, it feels like there's a program in development that's going to be a series of breath work videos that are going to be centered on, you know, breathwork for anxiety, breathwork for creative expression, breathwork for, I have one for anger already that's on my website, um, breathwork to open your heart. Um, a lot of different, different videos that are kind of like designed to help you work through different emotions and also some like self-study worksheets about how to, you know, all the tools that I've used to get me to where I am, you know, how to develop a faith and trust practice, how to begin to form a relationship with something bigger than you. Um, how to, you know, how to love yourself, how to um, combat those mental loops and the self-criticism and self-flagellation and mean voices that are in your head. So um, there'll probably be some kind of like self-study, self-paced program. And then I'm continuing to just do virtual breathwork groups and then in-person breathwork groups and uh, one-on-one breathwork Zoom sessions with people. So I have a lot of different points of contact for people to work with me, depending on what they're looking for.
0: Perfect. Well, we'll share all the different links on the show page. And Mm -hmm. uh, if listeners haven't seen the Mm -hmm. video that me and Aaron did, where Aaron guided me through some breath work that was only four minutes long, but extremely powerful through zoom, I can already attest and know that it would be amazing for anybody that was curious about working uh, with you, no matter where you are (laughs) in the world. (laughs) Um, Great. Well, thank you so thank much you. for taking the time and having such a thought-provoking and interesting conversation. I, I really feel like I have a, a lot to, to chew on and a lot to think about.
1: Thank you. This is lovely. And I love, yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, these generative conversations are so, um, it's lovely to have like a free form and just kind of see where, what happens, the synergy of us, you know, and what happens where you're coming from, where I'm coming from. So I love speaking to you and I really hope that this is helpful and and um interesting and inspiring for yeah
0: yeah it's uh, really you're you're a um a real example and it's an honor to share more information about you and to give you the space to tell your story and really for people to learn through osmosis and through example and just what can come up for them what inspirations come up from them just by hearing how you live your life in a way that's true to you so thank you for doing that
1: Thank you so much. It's hmm. an honor to be you know, asked and to be chosen to speak about what's important to me. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much to my guest today, Erin Telford. You can learn more about her and some of the topics we talked about on the show page, where you'll also be able to experience a special breathwork practice that she recorded just for this podcast. Visit radicallyselfish.com. I also want to give a big shout out to my producer, Nikki Thomas, and thanks to Ducks for my awesome theme music. And a big thank you to you for tuning in and listening to these stories. If you know an amazing woman whose story deserves recognition, email me. And I want to hear all about you and your personal revolutions. So make sure you stay in touch through email and following me on Instagram at Radically Selfish. And remember, hashtag do you, because if you don't, nobody else will.